of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 220. Jason Lingren is with me, and Clive DeCarl is finally with me. Uh, although I have been working privately with Clive uh, to get some healthful tips and products, which, by the way, left England last month. We're in New York two days later and sat there for something like 10 or 12 days. Not kidding. Uh, un- unreal. But anyhow, welcome, Jason. Good morning, Crow. So how's it, man? You're about to be in a new home. We sure are. That's happening in two days as of this recording. And then we have some uh, work to be done on the house. So you're going to get it adjusted so Rose can can easily have everything she needs there. Absolutely. Perfect. Makes this podcast worthwhile. Anyhow, do you have anything else? I do not. All right. Mr. Clive DeCarl, welcome. Thank you very much, Crow and Jason. Great pleasure to be with you. So when we met, you were down in Mexico, and I guess you, uh, you've you moved a little further north. Yes, I have, and uh, life is wonderful. I'm, but I'm on the water, which I, which I love, and there are huge birds landing outside all the time. It's just like being on a you know, nature program. It's fantastic. Uh, there's nothing better than nature. Um, I just got a new puppy, so I'm out in it a lot more than I was previously working too much. So uh, the dog is helping me get the heck away from this black box we call a computer. Anyhow, let's let's just jump right in. So Clive, personally, you have helped me and my family. So let's just jump in right. How, how did you get started in, in these kind of healthful ways that are basically, I mean, I don't want to belittle it. But it's pretty common sense, simplified ideas as far as I'm, I'm seeing. Well, I was very lucky. When I, when I was young, uh, I knew a girl who taught me about macrobiotic cooking. This is when I was about 16. And so I had an early understanding of uh, what health was meant to be. And I'd also traveled because I left school immediately. I could. And I traveled to the Middle East and learned some stuff. And I went into ophthalmic optics. I was working in the field of contact lenses, and I was able to retire from that. But before I did that, I took an antibiotic, which was the most stupid thing I'd ever done. And next thing I knew, I was having visual problems. Then I was getting arthritis to the extent that suddenly I I couldn't get dressed anymore. And it was happening really fast. And then I became type 1 diabetic. Then they put me in hospital, and I was in hospital for weeks. And they said, well, there's nothing we can do. You know, we can give you drugs, but there's nothing we can actually do. But I knew, because I was already into homeopathy and various things, that it, it had to be that the antibiotic damaged me, and somehow I wasn't getting the nutrition I needed to make a healthy body. So over three weeks ago, I was in hospital, I started reading and reading, and I realized that the arthritis was probably a deficiency in magnesium. Super simple. And the more I worked on it, the more I realized that by taking the right nutrition, I could repair the damage that had just been done to me. And 33 years ago, all the arthritis went away completely. I looked like I was 80 years old and it went went to nothing. How long did it take when you started taking magnesium? And also from the time you, you started to surmise that maybe the arthritis could be treated with magnesium, how long did it take you to start seeing a result? Well, with magnesium and arthritis, you can usually notice the difference immediately. And when I say immediately, just minutes. You know, most people can get relief if they buy, for instance, the liquid form, which they call sometimes magnesium oil or magnesium spray, then they just rub it on where it hurts and things like muscle cramps just stop because muscle cramp is a magnesium deficiency. Things like restless leg just stop. Joint pain, muscle pain, 
things ease up right away. You just got to rub some magnesium into your skin. It goes right into your bloodstream. And what magnesium does is it relaxes every cell of your body. And what I try to explain is, if you like, cellular medicine, because if you can fix one cell in your body, then you should be able to fix every cell in your body. So cells need magnesium as the primary mineral in order that they can just relax. So magnesium is the mineral of relaxation, and we're all stressed, right? We're all way more stressed by EMFs and life and bills and governments, and yeah, we're, we are stressed. So what is the answer to that on, on the most basic level from a physiological point of view? It's to make sure you've got enough magnesium because the body responds to stress by burning magnesium. So we're all stressed, therefore the magnesium in our bodies is highly depleted in, in pretty much everybody. You know, I've tested thousands of people over the years for their magnesium levels. It's a rare day, I mean, anybody who's got enough magnesium because we, we are barraged with stress. So what this means is that if you are stressed, that puts stress literally on your heart because your heart can't relax properly. So if your heart can't relax properly, well, then you've got a serious situation going on where you might have a heart attack. You know, anybody who's getting cramps, menstrual cramps, muscle cramps, whatever type of cramp, if they've got a cramp of their heart muscle, then that would be a heart attack. And um, you know, I, I'm told you don't want one of those. So magnesium is what a sensible emergency room doctor might use as part of his treatment for a heart attack. They might inject you with magnesium sulfate. They might inject you, interestingly enough, with sodium bicarbonate. There are ways to stop heart attacks just incredibly quickly. But magnesium is, I would say, at the root of many heart attacks. But there are a lot of other factors which I could go into. But magnesium is just critical. If somebody's got twitches around the eyes, for instance, that's classic magnesium deficiency symptom. And if you can't relax properly, that means the bowels can't relax. So anybody who's having problems with having regular bowel movements could just be magnesium deficiency. People who are having problems sleeping could be a magnesium deficiency. People getting panic attacks. You know, they're more anxious with what's going on in the world perhaps than ever. And they want to calm that down. Well, magnesium might calm down their anxiety. It, it's a massive thing. You know, women who give birth, uh, when they've taken the appropriate amounts of magnesium, particularly in vitamin C, have much, much less problems. You know, the birth is that much easier because they've relaxed everything. So birth is therefore easier in a relaxed state. So that was basically what really switched me on to the idea, well, look, if magnesium effectively, a few other things got me out of hospital, how many people are low on magnesium? Clearly everybody is. And then a, a funny thing happened, uh, so to speak, two or three years after this, one of my dad's best friends tells me he's got cancer for the second time and they've already taken out one kidney and now they're threatening to take out the, the, the next one. But that would be ridiculous. He said, I haven't got any spare ones left, you know. And he was a banker in New York, as it happened. And he realized that Linus Pauling was in New York, the great vitamin C researcher. And he rang him up, found him in the phone book, rang him up. And Linus Pauling said, take 35 grams of vitamin C in divided doses every day, which he did. And he didn't die in a few weeks. He died 20 years later and he didn't die from cancer. So I saw the power of vitamin C and I began to delve deeper into the whole health thing. At this point, I'd got an organic farm going 
And then I sold my content lens company and I realized that what I really wanted to do was to sort of effect positive change in the world. But I also realized that unless I focused on health, it struck me that just everybody was too ill to change the world because they're too busy and too poor being ill. I felt, well, look, if I could fix somebody else's arthritis, for example, then maybe they'd then pay attention to what I, what I think I'd like to tell them next. And that, that's where I'm at. I'm trying to wake people up to how, you know, you alluded to it at the beginning, how incredibly simple and basic cellular medicine is. You know, you need about 90-odd different nutrients to make your cells work properly. If one's missing, then you might have an issue. But if you make sure, and it's not that difficult to check this out, make sure you've got all the nutrients you need, then we are self-repairing. You know, doctors are basically taught that the body doesn't self-repair, that you have to drug it. There's no point in curing anything. There are no cures. There are no causes. You just give them drugs and they'll feel better and they'll have a shorter life, but at least they won't be in quite so much pain until probably at the end where they're in ghastly pain. I mean, the whole model is crazy. We can self-repair. And there are only three reasons why anybody gets ill of anything ever. And those three reasons are physical damage. You've been knocked over by a car or something. Then there is toxic poisoning. And the toxins might be from EMFs or food or drink or in the air or thoughts that were given to us, toxic thoughts from childhood, you know, whatever, whatever those toxins are. And then there's nutrient deficiency. So those are the only three reasons we, we get ill. So if we can do our best to fix physical damage, and often that can be achieved, if we get the toxins out and put the nutrients in, we should be able to restore ourselves to our natural state, which is to re- self-repair. And then it doesn't matter what, what's wrong with us. If we've got all the materials of self-repair, we should self-repair. And that's what I've seen happening since I've started telling people about this over the last 20 years or so. So I'm with you all day long. This is the basis of things like the Gerson method, um, the body repairing itself. But it occurs to me that I should have done something up front here that I didn't. Uh, A lot of people are going to be wanting to check out what you have to offer. So on Crow777radio.com in both the free and member section, underneath the audio file that you play to listen to any episode, there's a single image. That image links to Clive DeCarl's stuff. But to get back to it, I want to cover while we're in hour one C60. As C60 came along, I started to check it out and promote it. And in the back of my mind, there were things bothering me. As I tried to get in to research it, as everyone knows who's done this, you could find out it'll kill you tomorrow or it'll save your life and you'll live a million years. It's one of those things online where it's almost flip a coin, the information you're going to get back. But then you and I began to talk and we had the same concern. Is this manufactured C60 that's being created in a lab, is it possible it can turn you into a bit of an antenna? And I know you were thinking about it, and I was thinking about it. So you provide an actual natural C60 that has no chance of turning your body into an antenna. Can we talk about that for a minute? Well, absolutely. You know, in the last couple of years, I've been going around uh, places giving talks. And so I get a moderately sized audience. And I often ask the audience, how many of you have taken C60? And quite a few people put their hands up. And I say, how many of you have got a got a positive result. And pretty much everybody got a positive result. Now, that's not normal, right? That's extraordinary. The C60 was getting a positive result. But that in itself is hugely interesting. It's amazing. You know, I've had people say, well, my pain stopped, my sleeping got better, whatever. However, there are some big ifs and buts about it. 
One is the hype is so good. You know, there are these rats who almost double their lifespan in the lab. So how much is auto-suggestion? If I tell you this product is the most brilliant product in the world and it's going to work, and you believe me at a deep level, then I would suggest that up to 80% of the effect or more of your thoughts is more powerful than the product you're taking. And I've done lots of research on placebos, which the most recent one I was doing research on was vitamin E. And in the 60s and 70s, the Shute brothers were reversing heart problems, stopping heart problems with vitamin E. And they did one test where, placebo test, where I think I've got this right, a third of the patients had a real heart bypass. A third of them got vitamin E, and a third of them had the cut so they couldn't, nobody could tell who'd, who'd had the real operation or, or what. So they all had the same cut uh, by the surgeon. And the fact was that the vitamin E group did the best, but the people on nothing at all scored up to 85%, right? The belief was so strong because everybody wanted to believe they'd had the real operation. And that belief was as powerful, well, more powerful, I think, than the real thing. So it's incredible and we've really got to bear in mind that if we believe the world is, go is going to hell and it's all getting bad, we need to cancel that belief and start believing that this is the greatest opportunity ever and things are going to change. But nevertheless, things could change drastically for the better. Because Good, if, good if point. We'll come back on the C60. Part of what I want to get in there is the natural version just in charcoal. I was actually sponsoring C60 for a while and I wasn't feeling good about it. So I just want to get it out there that you have natural versions. All right, Clive. So we had a leaf blower that we had to deal with there, but you were kind of delving into uh, C60, the fact that you and I independently started to have concerns that those little particulates could be a bit like turning the human body into an antenna. Um, and that's when you told me that you have a solution for the C60 issue, uh, manufactured versus a natural. Well, indeed. And it's so wonderfully simple. It's lovely. It's charcoal. Now, you know, if, if, let's say we were hunter-gatherers and we lived, you know, we cooked some food on, on fires and we sat by, around the fire at night and it was all really nice and lovely. We would have been breathing in charcoal dust every, every night, you know, just breathing it in. And charcoal has been known for, for millennia to be a material that detoxifies you. You know, if you, if you get poisoned and you go to the emergency room, you know, the, the, the chances are they're going to give you vitamin C and charcoal. And there are two types of charcoal out there. There, there is activated charcoal, which is what they give you in the emergency room. And then there's non-activated charcoal, which is what you take the rest of the time. Now, they're absolutely right to give the activated charcoal in the emergency room. It works four times more powerfully. But it's not natural. Activated charcoal has gone through a chemical process. So you great in an emergency, but you don't want that every day. So old-fashioned charcoal is what you want. And what you really want is an old tree, a really old tree that has deep roots, and you want to make the charcoal from that tree. And so this is what somebody I know, actually, in England does. He seeks out the ultimate charcoal and puts it into capsules. And charcoal is basically C60. You know, it's a natural form of C60. But, you know, I mean, zeolite, um, I'm sorry, I didn't need to say that. Uh, shungite, shungite, the black material is made of C60. And if you take a big lump of that and you put a put a voltage across it, 
you know, it's totally electrically conductive. So do you want an electrically conductive nanoparticle dust in your brain? Because if you put a lot of nanoparticulates of methyl, as you say, you become an antenna. And right away, right away, I thought with C60, now I'm not sure about this. I just had these grave doubts. And on the other hand, I could see it working with people. But there are so many other ways you can fix people's health. C60 seems like the magic bullet, but one can do it with proven methods like magnesium and you know stuff we're talking about that have been used since the beginning of time. So I, you know, I think you did the right thing with not pushing the C60 thing. Right. And so before I hand it over to Jason, let's just be clear here. Independent of each other, I was thinking what Clive was thinking. Is it possible this is getting up into our heads and becoming a bit like an antenna? I had misgivings about it the whole time, and my misgivings got worse as I tried to research it because it was one of those things where you were going to get, it's going to kill you, it's going to make you live forever. There was no real balanced information that you could get your hands on per se. So what Clive is saying is there are two ways you could get it from activated charcoal, which is processed in a way, or just from normal natural charcoal, which is what Clive has opted for. Now, everything that's been said here is Clive working it out on his end and me starting to have misgivings. But anyhow, Jason, you want to get in on all this? So needless to say, I'm guessing, Clive, that we have a similar problem that we've discussed so often, and that's that what we get today to intake into our bodies is nowhere near what was available, say, uh, maybe 100 years ago. And that's why we see a lot of deficiencies in so many areas, because we're eating food that's pretty barren at this point. Well, you know, this is it. It started, let's say, 150 years ago when we stopped cooking just on wood. Because when we had the wood ash after we'd cooked, let's say, in the kitchen, for example, we would take, take the ash out and sprinkle it outside. What was outside? Well, it was our vegetable garden, right? Obviously, you grew your own food right by the, the back door. And when you were cooking the food, you know, the ash from the wood was being spread back onto the soil every year. But when gas ovens and electric ovens took over the scene, that refertilization of the soil stopped. You know, in places where they're inland, there is no salt. You know, in the middle, middle of places like uh, Nigeria, for instance, I met this woman who said she'd never seen salt until she was about 28 when her tribe was discovered. And the, I said, well, what did you do? And so she said, well, we put all the waste products of all the food into the fire, burnt it down to a dust, and then we took the dust and put it in tomorrow's food because the dust had the goodness in it, which it does. You can't destroy minerals really with heat. But vitamins, on the other hand, are destroyed by light, heat, and time. So what's happened in the world is that the minerals have been stripped from the soil because they're not, not growing things properly. I mean, in the old days, a field was surrounded by trees, and every year the tree would mine down, do the mining, bring up the minerals from the soil, and every fall spread all the leaves on the field, and everything would be fantastic. And then every three years or so, you'd probably just leave the field, not plant, not plant anything in. So the mushrooms and the wildflowers and the herbs, you know, everything could come back. And then, then you start the cycle again. And unfortunately, clearly, the cycle of agriculture has been absolutely decimated and destroyed. So everybody's low on every single mineral and vitamin, amino acid and essential fat going. Everybody's low on everything, basically. We're all starving. And the more overweight people are, the more starving they are. Overweight people are starving to death. The side effect is that because of eating this, they know they're hungry and they've got to eat something because we eat for nutrition. We don't eat for calories or to feel full or whatever. 
we're driven at a subconscious level to eat for the nutrition we need. So the people who are overweight, they've been eating so much, trying to get this nutrition which isn't in the food they're eating, and then they've, been, they've poisoned themselves. And what happens when the body's poisoned with you know, chemicals, let's say, the body doesn't know how to get rid of, because normally we'd sweat it out, breathe it out, whatever, we'd get it out. But if it, if it can't get these poisonous food chemicals out, then the body is going to want to lock up those toxins in fat, for example. Right, because you wouldn't want to put the toxins in the brain or in the liver or something. So, parking toxins the body can't get rid of in fat. So, a lot of people say, Well, I don't actually eat that much. Well, maybe it's because your body won't let go of those toxins. It's holding it in fat for your own safety. If it released it into the bloodstream, you might get really ill and it doesn't know what else to do. So, it's putting it in fat. So, a lot of people who are overweight are blaming themselves for something that isn't actually their fault. They've been fooled that the food in the supermarkets, maybe they've been choosing was actually any good for them, whereas actually they're eating poison with every meal. Yeah, there's a big surprise. That's exactly what I suspect. And as far as magnesium, what foods should that naturally be in that it probably isn't anymore? Well, uh, some really nice foods, chocolate, plants. Iron is the center of hemoglobin in the blood, whereas magnesium is the center of chlorophyll in a plant. So magnesium is the sort of lifeblood of plants. But... If it's missing from the soil, all sorts of problems can happen. You know, I'll give you a real, real interesting example, I think. Um, about uh, 12 years ago, I was looking at cancer survivors, and I wanted to know what people did right. And in researching that, I discovered this report from 1929, I think it was, in, from Egypt. A French doctor had for 19 years worked in Egypt, and he couldn't understand initially why Egyptians seem to be immune from cancer. They just didn't seem to get it back then, whereas in Germany or England or somewhere they were getting it. And he noticed then that if Egyptians left Egypt and went to live in Germany or England, that within a very short period of time, they were as prone to cancer as anybody. And he was determined to find out what it was. At first he thought it was something special about Egyptians, but it wasn't clearly. So he tracked it down uh, to magnesium in the soil. The magnesium was so rich in the soil in Egypt at that point, because modern farming hadn't really taken off, that they, it was protecting them against cancer. Whereas the modern farming methods that had already been used after World War I in uh, Europe had already started destroying you know, the insects and you know, all, the, all the bugs and bacteria and everything that lives under the soil. And then they made the fields too big. And it was just a recipe for disaster, really. So magnesium should be in almost everything you eat one way or another, but it isn't. So we, we should just give people an overview because I don't think most people are aware. I don't know if you've done anything with cell salts, but I looked into cell salts. But I think it's important to point out what a plant's actually doing. If you put a basil or something in your garden, it's pulling these so-called salts, minerals, things out of the ground, but it's producing them in a way that not only your body can absorb it when you eat it, but a lot of times it'll also provide this other thing that's unrelated that your body needs to take it on board. So maybe you can explain that better than I did, but people really need to understand the importance of healthy soil. And when you grow a plant, it's doing all the work. Like they, they try to make cell salts and they'll do a thing they call titrating, titration. So the particle is so small, they're claiming your body can ingest it, but the plant does all this, right, Clive? I mean, we should... We should point out how this all works. 
Okay, well, let's cast ourselves back in time. We're living in, in our local forest and we know, we know everything about the forest because that's where we've always lived. And the food's all natural and lovely. And the soil is going to be perfect because the soil in an old forest, everything that's ever lived or died has gone down into the soil and slowly become composted. And in certain areas in the world, these concentrations of pure minerals, you know, life, every, everything about life, various geological things have happened. And there are concentrates of soil-based minerals that, that you can mine. And when I, <clears throat> actually this happened when I was studying the, the cancer stuff, I was looking at China and why they were having such good results. And one of the things they mentioned were these soil-based minerals, and they're called fulvic, F-U-L-V-I-C, fulvic minerals. So I thought, well, they sound really good. I'm going to try some. So I sent off for loads around the world and I didn't feel anything. Then one day a little tiny bottle turned up and the next morning I woke up feeling a whole totally different. My body felt much nicer to be in. It was extraordinary. I've never felt anything like that before or since really. You know, for some people they feel nothing, but for myself it was quite dramatic. Then I I went out and bought quite a lot of it. So I thought this is great. I mean, it really was extraordinary. So um, the next person I gave it to was a friend of mine who was three months pregnant. And sh she comes back three days later and says, my morning sickness has stopped. Now, I'm not saying this is the cure for morning sickness, but morning sickness isn't what should happen, right? It's not normal. And it turned out that once you got all these trace elements, all these tiny little soil-based minerals and uh, everything, that suddenly her body could deal with the fact she was pregnant without, without an issue. So um, it's incredibly inexpensive. About $45 buys you four months supply, right? So it's only you know, $11, $12 a month. So it's really cheap. And um, it, it's super interesting because we can understand that we're all low on minerals, right? It's not in the soil for all these reasons. So how is the best way to get it back? Well, from the soil. So finding an ancient deposit. These deposits are, they, they believe, something like 32 million years old. So people say, should I keep it in the fridge? How long will it last? Well, it's lasted 32 million years. I think you can do too much. To <laughs> so, you know, there are these, you know, this is what I'm saying about the idea of viewing it as cellular medicine. What does a cell need? Well, if you put in the perfect balance of minerals, for example, with some water, so you drink it, now it's got to a cell in your body. So what happens, first of all, is the fulvic minerals, because they're full of minerals and you take it with water, expand the outside of the cell, which means that all those minerals can now get into the cell to do their work. So what does fulvic minerals do in a cell? Well, it's like the cleanup crew. This is super important. It neutralizes herbicides, right? And there's one particular herbicide, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say the name, which is particularly nasty, and it neutralizes it. So, we just did a whole show on it. Go ahead. We're, we're talking about what's in Roundup, I'm assuming. Absolutely right. So fulvic minerals neutralizes it, neutralizes it, as it does many, many other toxins. So what happens is in the fulvic goes into the cell, it neutralizes all the, the bad stuff pretty much and replaces it with minerals itself. But because it's everything from the soil, it's not just minerals, it's also uh, microscopic organisms of all types. You know, all life is in an old-growth forest. Then the interesting bit comes, well, look, if that old-growth forest was 30 million years old, 
what was life like 30 million years ago? And it appears from the records that supposedly things were a lot bigger, like trees were much bigger, animals were like dinosaur-sized, you know. So that perhaps, you know, I mean, they say that at some point with the cataclysm, you know, lots of species got wiped out. But 30-year-old minerals, of course, you're, you know, arguably going from a, a pool of genetics that was somewhat different to what we have now. It's, it's an interesting thing. So I'm all for soil-based minerals. And if you didn't have the money, you could go into an old-growth forest with a bucket, dig up some soil from a bit deep down, maybe, and pour some water in, and then drink the muddy water. That would, that would be a great free mineral supplement if you were really stuck. That, that's about the exact opposite of how we live now, right? Everything's got to be spotless and clean. But Jason, before I hand it back over to you, I want to make a point. I know a lot of people are going to start emailing, being interested in everything Clive's talked about. Um, again, the image on Crow Triple Seven Radio links over to Clive's thing. The natural charcoal is there. The fulvic is there. The vitamin C is there. The magnesium is there. I don't know if there's anything else we've talked about. They're basically all available. So I'm trying to spare myself from 100,000 emails. That's an exaggeration. Anyhow, Jason. So, Clive, when you were in the hospital, what was it that you already knew? that you had experienced that you knew like, wait a second, they're just pumping me full of pharmaceutical crap. All I need is real nutrition, real nutrients, things that my body's missing. What had you experienced to get you to that point in the first place? Well, before I went in, I already had decided that uh, they were not going to give me drugs. I just wouldn't take them. You know, that, that wasn't a new decision because I'd been, been that way forever. You know, I've never, never taken drugs except when I made this stupid mistake of having this antibiotic in the first place. But, you know, good comes from bad. So it was like the most terrible thing, something not to be able to walk or work or drive or anything. And, but it gave me the profession that I now have, right? It woke me up. It was the, you know, to hit rock bottom often is what people need to go, oh, hang on a minute. Because you know, I didn't know what I was doing on this planet for ages, really. And then it became clearer. So that was good. The thing that first woke me up in the world was when I was, 11, and I was in, in the Bahamas on a dinghy, a little dinghy, and we were two of us were fishing. We had a bucket with a glass bottom, so you could put it in the clear water. You could see exactly what fish was going to bite the hook. So my friend caught 20 fish. I caught none. We switched fishing rods. He catches another 20 fish. I catch none. And we could see what was going on. The moment I touched the fishing rod, the, the fish just weren't interested. The moment he touched it, they were interested. And the thing was that I was... Not petrified, that'd be the wrong word, but I, what I really, really didn't want to do was to take a fish hook out of a fish because I knew it would hurt. The person I was with, he didn't care, didn't care. So the fish were visibly giving themselves up to him and totally not bothering me at all. And I thought, that's weird. There's the power of intention. Well, exactly. So, you know, a few things that shape your lives, aren't they? So, you know, it strikes me. And so many of the things that I've tried to research, um, the way you you got where you were going, um, it's almost like you come back to common sense. It's almost like you suddenly again wake up and realize there's no lie in nature, and we've come a million miles from nature, and if we get back there, we'll do better. And that's also the story of Max Gerson, and I know you're familiar, and I've told the story a few times. But when Max Gerson was a boy, he, he's the guy who invented the Gerson method, and it's been proven to cure endless diseases that can kill people. He was on a farm situation, and when the chemical fertilizers came in, he noticed as a young person, all the worms split. 
And he said, something's wrong with this. That's where it all started for Max Gerson. And so there's this commonality in so many of the people who are attempting to help people live a better life, to get well, to not be overweight and toxic and all these things almost to a person. It's common sense comes back to the fore and the realization that there's no lie in nature and it will provide everything we need. I mean, what do you think, Clive? We are intuitive beings. And the more one appreciates that actually our intuition is infallible, if we are, the more switched on we are to the fact that we know exactly who's who. When you meet somebody, you know, let's say you get robbed by somebody, what usually happens is that the first moment you meet them, you feel uncertain about them. And then somebody says, oh, it's fine, you can trust them, that's my brother or somebody like that, and then they screw you later. But almost all of us are aware that we get a message of, well, something's wrong when we meet somebody really bad. And on the same, on the other hand, when we're going to meet somebody really good, uh, you need to be aware that you often know it in advance. It's like you're walking down the street. Oh, I was just thinking about you as you bump into your friend or they phone you just as you're about to phone them. You know, So we are all part of one great big thing. And actually, we're hugely intuitive. So you look at any animal, they get ill, they go out in the field and they choose the grasses or the bitter herbs that they want and they know what they want. And we're the same. We just need to remember that actually we're so intuitive, we know what foods to eat. You know, the more that we can appreciate that we are our bodies and our bodies are giving us a message all the time. And a good example is with something like your taste buds. So let's say you're low on zinc, for example. Now, you might suddenly find yourself really craving foods that are full of zinc. You might want eggs or you might want meat or you might want pumpkin seeds. or you know, There are various foods that are high in zinc. And that explains food cravings. You know, your body is telling you at a deep level, assuming it's not a food craving for a Mars bar, let's say it's a food craving for something sensible, that your body's low on it. So then you, let's say, binge on pumpkin seeds for a couple of days. Now you've got loads of zinc and you're almost in danger of going the other way and having too much zinc. So suddenly you don't want pumpkin seeds anymore. That's the last thing I want. I know I like them yesterday, but I don't want them today. And we are driven at a subconscious level by, by our bodies actual requirements. So I guess I should say for the record that there are a number of things that Clive wants to cover that are directly related to with what the world is experiencing right now, but we're going to have to push it to hour two. For those who are not aware, uh, my very important talk with Dr. Andrew Kaufman was pulled down and it's a conversation like the one we're having here. As a matter of fact, it's you could almost interchange the two in some ways, but they pulled that down and Don and David Lester were also censored. And these are recent episodes. So we're going to cover things that are important to the general public. And before I hand it over to Jason, I'm going to state flat out, we're going to address things that have direct correlation and concern with what the world is experiencing now. We just have to do it an hour or two or all this other good information that we're trying to provide free to everyone gets yanked, uh, which is what happened in the Dr. Kaufman episode. Anyhow, Jason. Well, it's dangerous information we have going on there, telling people to eat healthy and stuff. Yeah, you, you don't want to do anything too beneficial or you, you get put in the spotlight. That's censorable. That's dangerous. But Clive, you know, we didn't talk too, too much about vitamin C yet. Maybe we should go back to that and talk about just what the actual benefits are. It's in higher amounts you need, right? Yeah. So vitamin C is the most incredible vitamin of the lot. It just has to be. And the first time I saw this really demonstrated was with the cancer story I told you earlier. Then I started taking it myself 
seriously about 12 years ago. And somehow some days I take five grams, sometimes I maybe take up to 10. And about three months later, two months later, my vision improved. In fact, I was seeing one line better on, on the optician's chart. And I hadn't changed anything else. It was clearly the vitamin C. It was one of the reasons I was taking it to improve my eyesight. So again, how much was my belief that it was going to improve my eyesight and how much was the vitamin C? I can't answer that. But I started studying vitamin C big time because it's such an amazing material. So everybody's low on it. Everybody, because food isn't fresh anymore unless you're growing it yourself and you're eating it fresh. So everybody's low on it. So what, what happens? Well, you're likely to get to get the symptoms that people call a virus, right? So there are only really three at a pinch, four things that you need to stop ever getting a cold or a flu ever again. And that is just to take enough things to detoxify you. So vitamin C is the ultimate detoxifier, even better than charcoal. So if you've got no snot, no stuff that the body's got to get rid of, well, you don't have a cold or a flu because you've detoxed that already using vitamin C instead of your nose as the, the methodology. So vitamin C has been known in hospital settings by emergency room doctors to cure sepsis. You know, septicemia, sepsis kills a lot of old people. Not many recover once they've got it. But intravenous vitamin C and your rate of recovery is massively, massively increased. There are people who've had intravenous vitamin C for cancer of ridiculous doses, 200 grams, 300 grams in a 24-hour period. Because vitamin C, its usage depends on how much you need. So if you're super healthy, maybe you're eating your way to it. If you're super healthy but haven't got food growing outside your door, then maybe three, five grams a day might be a really good dose. If you feel a bit unhealthy, maybe that twice a day or three times a day or even 10 times a day. The amount you can take, maybe it's half a teaspoonful, could be a quarter of a teaspoonful, could be one teaspoonful. You try increasing your dose until suddenly you find, well, that was too much and you've got a bit of a rumbly tummy or maybe you're in the bathroom. So that was as much as you could take at that moment. So let's say you find you can happily take half a teaspoonful. So if you were to take half a teaspoonful in some pure water every 15 minutes, for instance, you would find at some point you will end up in the bathroom, not because you took too much at once, just that you reached your threshold. You know, that was enough. Now, I had a couple of clients recently, because I do consultations with a few people, and he did the test. He took two grams, half a teaspoonful roughly, a bit less, third of a teaspoonful perhaps, every 15 minutes. At 25 grams, he's in the bathroom. So that was too much for him. 20 grams would have been a better dose that day, not 25 his wife, on the other hand, gets to 85 grams, still hasn't reached the bathroom stage, and she just runs out of daytime. So what this is saying is that whatever her problem, whether it's a pathogen or a toxic problem, whatever it was, was much greater than his because she needed more than 85 grams before her body said that's enough. So the body is self-regulating with both vitamin C and magnesium. It's incredible. You know, our body is so clever. It self-regulates both. You take too much of either, you end up with diarrhea in the bathroom. Let's be clear here. So people are thinking, oh, it's vitamin C. Does this mean I can go into my local drugstore and grab a bottle of vitamin C off the shelf there? And I think these are critical things to point out. Are we talking specifically a certain type 
of vitamin C or does any Centrum off the shelf do it for you? And by the way, if you do go to the drugstore and grab that, aren't those basically petrochemical vitamins? Well, all of those are really good points. I'm really pleased you brought them up because there are two different types of, well, several different types of vitamin C, but one is natural sourced and one is chemical sourced. So obviously you want the natural one because it comes from plants, right? Which seems a sensible way to get your vitamin C. So then a massive amount of vitamin C in the world is made from genetically modified plants. So you don't want that. So the type you're looking for now is probably not in the Centrum one or, or almost anywhere in the health food store unless it's pure powder. What you have to look for is not a tablet that's glued together with stuff. You don't want capsules because they put slippery stuff usually to make the capsules machines run better. So what you want is just pure powder and you just add it to water, stir it up and drink it. And you only have to do the experiment really once to see how much you really need. Yeah, if you just if you don't think you've got any problems whatsoever, then you don't have to do that experiment. You can just take, let's say, five grams a day and feel happy with that. But then you could just build it up slowly and see see what you can get to. Because the more you take, it can be absolutely life-saving. I mean, just, just critical. So the sorts of things that it can sort out, upper respiratory problems, you know, and this is what we're being scared with. So, you know, it's it's perfect for that kind of stuff. And it's being used in hospitals by doctors almost forever. You know, vitamin C was used by doctors Klemmer and various others back in the 60s, 70s, and they were reversing polio and smallpox and measles and mumps. And vitamin C has been known for decades and decades to be the magic answer for almost everything, but you have to get the dose right. You know, you could have somebody who will survive if you give them the right dose of 100 grams, but won't if you give them the wrong dose at 90. So... Dr. Andy Kaufman actually commented, because the first time we began to talk about this, someone commented, well, if you take that much vitamin C, you'll be stuck on the toilet. And then Dr. Andy Kaufman's response was, in his view, that could be part of the reason um, that that's the clean out, a clean out, like almost like a liver dump coming. But to be clear, my wife and I are doing the vitamin C, the magnesium and other things now. And these are available on the image I mentioned before. So you don't have to email me, just hit the site and sound like you're going to jump in there, Jason. Well, maybe we should address things like common products you can see in Walmart or wherever, such as Ester C and things like that. What do you have to say about those compared to the way you were describing it? It's absolutely clear that a perfect way to do anything is just to take the pure thing that has been messed about. You know, the pure thing is often the best. And this is, in my opinion, uh, the way that vitamin C should be, that it should be pure powder. And of course, there are different types of vitamin C made from different uh, metals. You know, there's sodium ascorbate, which is the alkaline version of ascorbic acid. Then there's magnesium ascorbate. There's everything, potassium, whatever. But the favorite one is always sodium. And, you know, sodium, remember, if you took a lump of pure sodium and you put it in water, it would sort of explode in flames. And we are mainly water. So you're putting in sodium into your body, which is an incredibly powerful material in itself. And vitamin C is the greatest antioxidant. It's the greatest antihistamine. If anybody's got allergies, they need to understand that probably the basis of their problem is a deficiency in ascorbic acid or ascorbates, right? And some people say, well, 
I don't want those versions. I want to get it all from pure fruit and I'm going to eat camu camu powder or acerola cherry or something. And as a preventative, that may work great. But the sort of quantities that are, if you like, curative are way, way higher than you could ever eat through food as such. It needs to be processed out. You know, in the old days, we could have done it with food, but now we're not in an old world. We're, we're in a polluted world. Okay, um, Clive, we're going to have to push. I, I, I kind of I want to bring it up, but we've said so many things that could help people. I don't want to risk this clip being pulled down. And I swear to you, the conversation we had with Dr. Kaufman is not a lot different than the conversation you and I are having. So we'll push that forward. But I'll, I'll just ask, Clive, what are some of the things that you'd like to get in with the few minutes we have left that goes out to everybody uh, who wants to come? What, what would you like to ensure makes it into hour one? Right. The most important thing is that they click on the link on your website because Clive on his channel, on his website, which the link will take you to directly, has links to his secret health club. To be clear, that's an image. Right now I'm going to add text, but right now there's an image under every audio file, whether it's the free section or the full member section. There's an image with Clive DeCoral's stuff. You'll see the image. Just click on the image. So also on the website is a host of information about how to contact me, how to sign up to the, my newsletter, uh, stuff like that. And there's also these very basic shop products there. You know, there, there are only about eight products on, on the list at the moment. You know, I had a company before where we, we had over 200 products, every herb you could imagine and everything. But actually these days, well, in the individual case, I might advise a client, well, go and get these couple of herbs or these couple of things. Basically, I'm finding that most people are getting well just with these basic materials. It's very, very inexpensive and powerful way to look at things. And uh, I'm amazed at the number of, number of reports I get from people saying, you know, problems right across the board, doesn't matter what it is, we're just solved, solved by these cheap basic materials that our body needs to run on. It's hard to keep a customer base when uh, things like vitamin C don't rise to the expense level uh, of typical pharmaceutical drugs. And we've kind of reached a time where so many people are waking up and they're tired of being tired. They're tired of feeling run down. People who have asthma, they're tired of having to do the rescue inhaler and they're looking for better ways. But the truth of it is, it's like I just, I had to go to the VA and by chance, my primary doctor was trained in herbal Chinese medicine, believe it or not. And so I got lucky, but I got to talking with her, you know, and she didn't want to tell me about her Chinese training because that wasn't permissible in the American Veterans Administration to talk about the way she, I guess she'd probably been told. It's nice that you're trained this way, but that doesn't come into anything you do with a veteran patient here. But I did get her to talk a little bit. And the truth is, People have forgotten almost every remedy known to man at one point came from plants. Even I remember all the way back in, in the end of the 90s, seeing a clinical study that was done with cancer patients, uh, half of them being treated with traditional Chinese herbal-based medicines and the other one in the Western fashion. And at the time, they grudgingly admitted that the herbal-based medicines were equal to the, the healing they were getting in the other other side of the, you know, the 
chemotherapy, which I suspect was maybe not true. But the point is, is if you could take some herbs or have to go through chemo, which one of those two things would you want to do? And it's the truth of it is here where we are, we have just come so far. We don't think twice when we microwave a packaged food product. We don't think twice when we thaw a frozen pizza in the oven and eat it. And we think we're getting food, but let's be honest here, Clive, that's really not food, is it? It's filling your stomach. But if one of the things we wanted to find food as giving your body the nutrition it needs, then hardly anything on the processed food shelves could be considered food at this point. Well, quite. I mean, if our ancestors walked into a shop, let's say, where is the food? And you'd point, let's say, in desperation to the fresh stuff. They say, well, that's not real. It must be plastic because it's got no smell to it. You know, that's not real. But what's happened to the broccoli? It's got huge and disgusting looking. It's, yeah, everything's changed. And why aren't the carrots purple, which they used to be? You know, it's everything. There, there, there's a story. <laughs> Sometime we'll cover the Duke of Orange. But anyhow, go ahead. Yeah. So one of the big points is, let's say you had two animals. One is really, really a strong bull, for instance, and it's had loads of calves. You know, it's been fantastic. And there's another one that's sterile. You know, which one are you going to choose? One's got seed, one's got no seed. So now you look at an orange. An orange used to be full of seeds, like grapes. Like Everything had seeds that were big enough that you could plant them the next year. Now everything's gone seedless, like, like the inefficient bull, right? It's all gone seedless. How can we possibly get nutrition that we need from something that can't even reproduce itself, let alone help us. I mean, that's how far we are from nature. Of course, it's been deliberate. I, I'm wondering if you saw, did, were you ever aware of this study they did with domesticated dogs and wolves, understanding that they both come from the same genetic line? Uh, they took these wolves and they divided them up. And part of the wolves, they fed a typical raw meat, what they would be eating if they were hunting in the area they were. They took the other part of the wolves and they fed them Purina dog chow and stuff like this. Within a generation, they started to not be able to have babies anymore. Um, and I think these kinds of things, and they've known that this must have been mid 90s when I saw that study done. And we think we're so different, but truth is, those wolves are part of nature. We're supposed to be part of nature. And when you see things like this done, it's showing you that if you get too far from nature, you're going to not have the healthiest best human life. But Jason, I know we're getting close. You want to get anything in here? Well, Clive, I was actually just looking at your website and why don't you tell everybody what the secret health club is because I don't even know. Well, that's because it's secret. (laughs) What it is really is that over the years, I've been totally addicted to reading books and watching YouTube videos. And about five years ago, I suddenly thought, well, look, I've got such a little library of the really good stuff, you know, as as an addict, YouTube addict. So I decided I'd pare it right down. For the next five years, I spent, every time I saw a video that was just brilliant, I'd add it to the club. Maybe I'd jettison one before. My view was, look, let's say somebody's got Parkinson's and they want to they wanna just get to the meat of the matter. There are 10,000 Parkinson's videos on YouTube, but how do you know which ones are good? So I thought, well, I'll just start editing them into, this is going to be really helpful. This is going to be really useful. So to give you an idea, one of the pages that I'm really pleased with is the baby's childbirth one, where the the very first video shows that babies, when they're born, have five words that you can hear. So they can tell you if they're tired or if they want to poo or whatever the problem is. They, They have five sounds that they make. So that's the first video. Then the second video is an interview I did with this psychic woman who teaches children how to see blindfolded. 
right? Some can learn it in five minutes. Turns out the children can, if blindfolded, most of them, change their consciousness and, as the children describe it, see through their inner light. And there are these children, you'll see it, they're playing games, they're drawing, they're painting, they're doing everything that they would do with their eyes open, except they're not seeing, they're seeing with their inner light. So the third video, if I remember rightly, is how to hold a baby to stop it crying in seconds and stuff like that. You know, So I tried to just put together this archive. It's not huge, but it's growing all the time, as I think of more subjects that people ask me about. But it's got a lot of answers, it's just got a lot of answers. And you know, I do private consultations, but you know, I'm, I'm not inexpensive, and there's only so, so many hours I've got in a day. So if people can't, let's say, afford a consultation with me, then it's a way to, you know, it's a fairly good resource. There are lots of others out there, of course. Well, it's nice to have bedded stuff. That's always a big problem with the internet, and it's getting worse. Okay, uh, I'm going to wrap up the first hour of episode 220 with Clive DeCarl here. Um, and I will say, we wanted to address so many things. What we've tried to do here in hour one is offer important, critically important ideas to everybody who just wants to come have it. Episode 205 was just removed from YouTube. It was a conversation much like this one with Dr. Kaufman, uh, episode, no, 203, I'm sorry. 205 has also been censored. On the tale of 205, uh, there was a run on Amazon books from our guests, Don and David Lester. So you can see what's going on here. But when we come back in hour two, now you can start to understand why we run the website in the way we do. The episode with Dr. Kaufman is gone. It's not anywhere on social media anymore. But guess what? On Crow777radio.com, the free version is posted for anyone, and the full version, as always, is posted for members. If you're starting to catch on to why we have to do things this way. Having said that, big mouthful, when we come back with Clive DeCarl in hour two at crow777radio.com, we're going to start to get into things that matter about the world we're living in now, today. And I think everyone understands what we're talking about here. These are the things that are getting yanked down, even in an adult conversation. So I hope to see you all over at crow777radio.com. That's C R R. OW777radio.com. That is the only authentic crow site in the world. Everything else is fraud and they're doing bad things. So please join us for hour two at crow777radio.com. And we're going to get right into a no nonsense conversation about the world that we're in right now. And everyone knows what I mean. There it is, man. Cheers. Is the enemy is the enemy of knowing. Come.